Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. I haven't accomplished anything alone, but I was fortunate to be part of a revived feminist movement. I think uh, anyone who's not a feminist is is an insane person. This was not just a lewd conversation. This wasn't just locker room banter. This was a powerful individual speaking freely and openly about sexually predatory behavior. At a time when we have self-driving cars and computers that sit on your wrist, women still make only 79 cents for every dollar a man makes. And if I have to listen to one more gray-faced man with a $2 haircut explain to me what rape is, I'm gonna lose my mind. And now, Resistor Sisters. That's right. It's number 777, Resistor Sisters. You came back. And I'm Susan from Cleveland. Coming to you from a, a light light dusting of snow with my friend Rain from D.C. Hi, I am the other Resistor Sister, and tonight we are down one sister. We're down one. Because, yeah, we're down one sister because our friend Heidi from Minneapolis... Um, her mom passed away on Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, that that sucks. And I know hopefully when Heidi comes back, she, she'll be ready to talk a little bit more about it. But I, I knew that Heidi's mom went into hospice a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I can't do it justice, but her, her mother was Inga Holland, and she was born on May 30th, 1934, and she passed away on on um, March fifth oh. this year. And she's mentioned it briefly on this show and elsewhere's, but mm-hmm. her mom, her mom, were kids in Germany during Hitler's Ooh. regime, and uh, she got out wow, and good. she came to America. And uh, yeah, just I want to send a lot of love out to ha- to Heidi. Um, I'm lucky enough to say I haven't lost a parent. Yeah. Sue, I know you're not that lucky. It's a hard, it's a hard time. I don't know. Um, It's, it's, it's all different. So you can't sum it up. You know, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't. I I agree with that. I, I totally cannot sum it up. Mm -hmm. Completely not. But, um, if you're friends with Heidi on Facebook or on Twitter, send her some love. She is a very strong German woman. And German um, woman. Yes. Yeah, if I'm if uh-huh. I'm doing the math, 1934, her mom's 84. Her mom was 84. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. amazing to me to, to be able to say that you have a mother who was a child during Hitler. Fucking Hitler. Yeah. My old hairstylist was um, there during the the Third Reich. She used to tell me stories in her really thick German accents as she smoked tiny little cigars. <laughs> <laughs> she did terrible things to my hair. Let's not talk about that. But she was the great. The fact that she was German, I love her. Cause I don't oh my know god, I... she would scream at her, her son. She would be like, Eric, you're a dumb cough! 
Like everybody in the neighborhood had that impression down. Attic, come here, you dumb cough. I was like, okay. I don't know if I shared this on the show. All four of my grandparents were from Germany. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm half German. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm like full. I'm I'm a thoroughbred. Yeah, thoroughbred German. Which is really inappropriate when you talk about Germany and Nazism and have whatnot. You, but have you been to Germany? <laughs> it's so. Weird. I have not. It's so weird. Everybody's a stare bear. They're just looking at you. They're just staring you down. It's so weird. I'll tell you stories about the time I was like 22 and I went to Germany sometime. Sometime. But we have a full no, I think we have a full thing to do tonight. <laughs> I know we do. Yeah. We do. But so anyway, just send lots of love out to our our yeah. resistor sister Heidi. She's she's going through a lot this week and um it's, it's I, hard. I love her. Sometimes, sometimes the funerals can be okay, though. Sometimes you really well, like people show up you, you didn't her- know, and you talk to the, your parents' friends, and it can be okay. You know, I hope it is. Go to her, her. Facebook page. Yeah, I have it. So I need to. Here's the thing. I got to share this quick, and I know we got a big show. But yeah. evidently, her and her husband talked to the funeral director yeah. and said, "Can you please make sure that my mom's." shoelaces are tied <laughs> in the yeah. casket because if she comes back as a zombie we need to take care of this <laughs> the funeral director did not take too kindly to that really, really? <laughs> well evidently he doesn't really have a sense of humor and Heidi does uh, so yeah let's send it out let's hope they tie her shoelaces yeah so okay well anyway uh, this is number seven, and we're going to talk about the Oscars and Me Too and um, some different things. And don't forget who's back in the news tonight. That's why we, we can't make it we can't make it go over too late, because guess who's back in the news? There's no sun up in the sky, stormy weather. Yeah, so, and her lawyer's going to be live tonight. Um, it's it's oh. March 7th. If, if, you know, when we're recording this, it's going to play on Friday. But by Friday, everybody will know about what Stormy Daniels' lawyer says. But we don't know right now. We don't know. I'm all a Twitter. Excited. Well, I'm so hit. I'm sure his lawyer is going to be all a Twitter, too. Yeah. I, I did not know we were going to talk about Stormy tonight. Well, we're not. That's the thing. Like, we can't. There's no new news except for she's talking tonight and, I don't know, Ken told me. Actually, there is There is news. news. Somebody slipped and said, but, you know, I just just wanted to play the song, okay? Okay. (laughs) But I just got to slip it in there that, yeah, Sarah Sanders, Yeah. she spilled... Stormy she beans. spilled the beans. See, I wasn't sure who spilled the beans, so I couldn't say it. But you know. Sarah Sanders. Yeah. Silly. She, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. So, um, anyway, so I was interested. I wanted to know more about Me Too. And I don't, you know what? I don't know. Like, I just kind of knew skimming what happened. So I did some research and all that. And um, I wanted to know more about 
the Me Too movement and why everybody's talking about it. And, you know, it seems like it's a lot of Hollywood people talking and saying, this happened to me, hashtag Me Too. But I looked at, and you know, under Me Too movement, because they do call it a movement. And uh, the lady that started it, I think in 2006, I didn't write it down, but um, she says in this clip, um, her name is Tarana Burke. Yes. Yeah. And she yes. was talking yes. about why she started it and, um, you know, her friend and everything like that. So I'm just going to play this. This is just 22 seconds. So I was just like, I, you know what, baby, I can't I can't help you. That just haunted me. It just like and I kept saying to myself, Tarana. If so I think I messed that up a little bit because she said this lady was coming to her and talking to her. Maybe I cut off the beginning. I'm going to play it again. Baby, I can't, I can't help you. That just haunted me. It just like, and I kept saying to myself, Tarana, if you could have just said Me Too. My name is Tarana Burke, and I'm the founder of the Me Too movement. Okay, so basically, I think I, I think I might have cut that more down than I should have. But the girl was talking to her and wanted to talk to her about what happened with her stepfather and how her stepfather heard her. But she said she was had been a victim also, and she just couldn't talk to her at that time. So basically, why she started Me Too and and has you know the Twitter hashtag is so people that are also victims can express empathy to themselves, to each other, you know, can talk to each other. And um, just, you know, it's just, it's not really supposed to be as finger pointing as it has been. And, and I think it's really valid that people are talking about it. And that's good and healthy. But it was more of like an opening a conversation between victims, you know? Yeah, I do. I do. I didn't know about Tarana Burke until last yeah. year after this whole Harvey Weinstein thing. I, I, I really didn't. I didn't I did, know. I didn't legally till la really till last week because I just I don't follow <laughs> everybody and everybody on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I so. do. I do. And so, OK, disclaimer, I'm obsessive about this stuff, well, about pretty much everything. You like Hollywood. You like the Oscars. So I appreciate that. At the same time, I'm going to admit something. I have a little face blindness. So one actor and one actress kind of look like the other to me. Ken has to like... See, I don't, I don't necessarily follow Hollywood in that way. I follow social movements. Uh, I'm good. That's good. And... That's what we need. You know, and when I say in that way, I'm not going to lie. I loved Three Billboards, but we'll talk about. You'll have to talk Francis. to me about Three Billboards because I haven't seen the movie yet, and I haven't. I, I kind of know from a quick trailer what it's about, but you know. But so I, I generally follow movements. I mean, social justice I um, that. and politics. I mean, you, Ken and I have talked for years. Ken mm -hmm. being your husband, in case people listening to the show didn't know that. I did marry um, that man 20 you did. years ago. Yep. We're not just living oh. together in sin, man. <laughs> JK. But that's but fine if you are living I in sin. I call him my brother. I do. 
Yeah. And I mean that sincerely. I feel like if I had a brother, somebody like Ken, uh, I'd pick him. I've said that to him. Not to his face, but on Facebook. Anyway. Don't say it to his face. That's just terrible. No, just kidding. It's very nice. <laughs> but no, no, no. I mean, anyway, didn't mean to go into all that. But so I don't necessarily follow Hollywood like I need the latest issue of People magazine or, mm. or Us Weekly or anything like that. But the, the, the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. I didn't know about Toronto Burke. And from everything that I understand, once this once this whole Harvey Weinstein started rolling, mm-hmm. Alyssa Milano, Alyssa Milano yeah. was the one who kind of lifted her up. Am I right with this? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. That's the first quote I always see is the Alyssa Milano quote saying Me Too. I'm sure it was like something in social services maybe, but then... Hollywood got a hold of it, you know? Yeah, because, I don't know, Alyssa Milano, um, she's white. Mm-hmm. Tarana's not. Yeah. That's just how I feel about certain things, but it doesn't, you know, at a certain point, <clears throat> with regard to Me Too, it, it finally got rolling. It finally got rolling where, you know, not just women in Hollywood, but I saw on Twitter women in the tech movement, women in the arts movement, just women in general stop sure. being afraid. Mm-hmm. And, and and to to go to an even more kind of smaller level, friends of mine on Facebook who are not, they're just friends. These mm-hmm. are women who just do kind of regular jobs and i'm using air quotes yeah started saying me too yeah so they may not be as as technically savvy but they're aware of it which is great because that's what it's supposed to do that's what i saw from from talking from seeing her you know talk about it is it's supposed to you know like just start empathy and have people talk to each other and not just turn their back on each other because you don't know what to say because yeah. you don't know what to say, you know? It, it is hard to say something unless you're willing to say me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know this sounds very strange, but um, it, it, was, it was about three or four years ago I wrote a blog about how I was raped. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. I mean, it was really hard to do that. And it was during the whole, I think it was during the Romney campaign when, oh, really? when I think it was, I think it might've been that far back. I can't remember mm-hmm. when, when you had the people like the likes of Todd Aiken who said, you know, just put an aspirin between your knees. Uh, yeah. Do you remember way back then? And I, I do. I do. And I got to a point where I, it was it was honest to God. It was terrifying. But I felt like, wait a second. Y- you all don't get to define what my experience was. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote about it. And I'm no brave frontier woman on this. I, I mean, I'm nothing like Rose McGowan mm-hmm. or, or Uma Thurman or any of these women, but I just remember thinking back then, you guys, you men, are trying yeah. to determine what rape is, and you don't get to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
Because like, my like, history is my history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's just like, you know, what team of Tina Fey says in our introduction. If I get to hear one more gray-haired guy in a $3 haircut telling me what rape is, you know. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my I mind. Think she, and that's, I think she might have said that around the same time mm-hmm. that I wrote. It's around that whole, that whole uh, yuck. Yeah, thing. and well, and then all these men were coming up and saying, well, you know, I actually, um, I actually um, was getting, you know, how how you go down the rabbit hole and you go to other things, and I found this like website called this this slut votes <laughs> around the, which I thought was like just the best um, website name, name ever, <laughs> but um, is and I guess like I, I don't the website wasn't really there anymore, which is a shame, but it was from. 2012 or something I think and, but it was around the, the fluke time you know yeah, it, it, yeah that was the same time that I came out with my my story yes which you should and I'm not trying to make it a, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make it about me it's not no. about me but it, it's just it, it was around that time because Rush Limbaugh was telling the what was the fluke woman's first name well, like Sandra I read it yesterday. Sandra duh um, so I <laughs> I read it yesterday, but he was saying that Sandra Fluke was a slut, and then she came up with this this slut votes, which I thought was a great, you know, thing to like say, like, you know. And then there were all these she things in the saying. media, like men saying, "Oh, well, you know, if the body, if if it's a genuine rape, then the body has a yes. way of taking care of this." It's like, all right, you are not a doctor, dude. Shut yes. up. You have no idea how was, women's it, bodies yeah. work. This is not your... You did not go to school for this. Sit your ass no. down. You know? Amen. Just, no. Sit your ass down. But, it, but it's just so the funny. First of their first of their many last grasps, yeah. grasps at yeah. trying to say, we want to remain patriarchal. Yeah. And I... I it, so this was after... Tirana, which was that was 2006. Mm-hmm. This was probably 2012. Yeah. And and what's interesting, what you're what you're talking about, it, it's so important. So at that point, we were talking about rape, mm-hmm. literal literal rape. Sure. And so let's go from 2012 to 2018. Yeah. Now we're finally talking about. Hey, guess what? You don't get to touch me inappropriately. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's just, come on, guys. This is, it's just, when all that was happening, it was actually, it was so terrified, not just because people were coming out with their crazy opinions, but also because, like, what could, they they just had such confidence in their totally erroneous, unscientifically backed up opinions. And I'm like... Where are they getting this, like, confidence? Like, are they going to put doctor shingles up next? Are they going to start their own <laughs> practice without any schooling whatsoever? Are they just going to, like, what? I don't understand. Like, just shut them up. But, yeah. I have a hard so. time understanding where they were coming from then <laughs> and where they're coming from now. I, I, still I don't. really do. I'm just like, oh, no. Unless, no, you can't. unless they really, really do believe that they're men and their yeah. job is to dictate how society goes. 
and and I get that as as some people that make laws, but you don't get to tell people that the body naturally aborts raped yeah fetuses no. that doesn't happen <laughs> maybe it does <laughs> sometimes but that's called the luck of the draw that's called a roll of the dice buddy oh shoot <laughs> Gee, <laughs> this doesn't even make sense to me but i i shouldn't be laughing because it's awful it's awful situation but some guy just coming up and saying well that didn't even happen yeah <laughs> Well, you oh know, going gosh, back to no. going back to my story, according to many, many people, what yeah. happened to me wasn't technically rape because yeah. I allowed myself to be put in that situation. Yeah, and I haven't read I haven't read your That's okay. Your I haven't write-up. posted it lately. I, I okay. don't like to I don't I don't like to post it every other week because As your friend for the last several years, I should be reading everything you write. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I write stupid things. I know, um, that's why I should be reading everything you read. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's not like it's, it's, it's not like it's something I want to bring up all the time. It's because, not. But it's well, cathartic that you wrote it and you got it out and, and it was scary, I'm sure. But, you know, and you didn't want, I don't know, you probably didn't want everyone was, to was, know, it, but you wanted to get it out. I wrote it. I wrote it on yeah. Four Freedoms and I also yeah. shared it on Facebook, mm-hmm. which meant... Which meant my mother read it. Okay. My sisters yeah. read it. My family members read it. My close friends read it. And, you know, we all have friends on Facebook that we're not, mm-hmm. clo- you know, we're like, I like you because you're a part of this group. Mm-hmm. So everybody read it. Yeah. But it was, it was my mother. It was my mother that was a big deal. Sure. Yeah. And um, what did she say? Did she say anything to you afterwards? Or She cried. She Aww. cried. And, uh. It was, you know, it, she, the thing that I found the most amazing, now it's going mm-hmm. back, I think it's going back five, six, I don't know how many years, but the thing that I find amazing looking back on it is she said to me, I'm sorry. Sure. And I said to her, I was like, why are you sorry? What, why are you sorry? You weren't there. I was a grown, I was, I was... But she's, you're still her child, and she wants to keep you from any kind of hurt whatsoever. I know, but, you know, looking back on it, because I've grown a little bit since yeah. then, her saying I'm sorry is her maternal instinct. Exactly, yeah. As opposed to her being angry. And I don't blame my mother for this. I want to make mm-hmm. this clear to everybody listening out there. Sure. I don't blame my mother for this. As opposed to her immediately being angry at the man who did this to me. Yeah. But what's she going to do? Is she going to go and cut him up? No, She's there's probably nothing a that nice can, lady. There's know? nothing that she can do. But yeah. on the other hand, I wasn't immediately angry at this guy. Yeah. I thought I did something wrong. Now you here I am. Yourself. Yes. Of course you did. Here I am now. I'm 50. I'm like, oh, I hope I never run into that dude. <laughs> so, but I think that with the Me Too movement. Yeah. With the Me Too movement and, and you know, people like Alyssa Milano and Rose McGowan and so many other women who are, they're younger than me. Um. Mm. They've learned how to take, they, they have the ability to be pissed. Yeah. 
and do something about it. And, and I, I yeah. in the 80s, in the 80s, I didn't. The, I, too, in the, in the 80s, 80s was 80s, afraid to show anger. I thought people would think I was not nice lady. But they that's the thing. I that's how. Yeah. I love that you said that because yeah. in the 80s, we were kind of taught don't dress a certain way. Don't put yourself in a certain situation. And um, we were don't taught the date rape. Don't, yeah. Don't be, yeah. And date rape was different than regular rape. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? So, I think I think no, I had I'm more rambling. Of the, I'm so sorry. Well, Susan. no, that's okay. I have more things from Miss Burke. I think I have another cut. I cut it up into two different parts. So I think this is more about sexual violence. So I'm going to play that. I think Me Too is for everybody, um, and sexual violence is a spectrum. Sexual violence knows no race or class or gender, but the response to sexual violence does. And Me Too is about the response to sexual violence, and it's also about the journey toward healing. She followed me into the hall, I kept saying, Miss Toronto, I want to talk to you. Miss Toronto, can I, can I just talk to you for a second? Everything in my spirit knew that she wanted to tell me this thing. I remember feeling like freezing and just like almost holding my breath. And then she just started to, she just opened up and started talking about this stuff that her stepfather had done to her. And I, I cut her off. I was just like, I, you know what, baby, I can't, I can't help you. Even today, right now, I can see her face just like shut down. All the courage it took for her to muster up to say that to me and the best I could do was turn her away. And at the time I was young, I was in my early 20s, I was still grappling with my own survival and I just was not in a place to hear it. I just I just I just couldn't. That just haunted me. And I kept saying to myself, Tarana, if you could have just said me too. We look at cases like R. Kelly, we have been feels like screaming into a well for over a decade about how perverse and disgusting and um, predatory this person is. And yet, we still stepping in the name of love. There is uh, a way that we embrace uh, brothers and we've been trained and socialized to put their needs ahead of ours. And so that makes it difficult for women of color to come out and be public about being survivors. We're often shamed into silence. When sexual violence happens, it happens to the individual, but it also happens to families, it happens to schools, it happens to communities. People are listening and talking about sexual violence, and it gives me a, a place to insert myself in that conversation and say, we cannot forget about and we have to center the most marginalized of these people. And I'm going to keep saying that. Um, every place folks let me come. <laughs> we all we got. So that was Amen. the other part of the whole thing that, yeah, like makes it more cohesive, you know, because she talks about and, you know, sexual violence is a spectrum. That makes sense, right? Just like to me, it does. Spectrum. <laughs> to, I, I've said this right from the beginning. It's sexual violence sexual harassment, sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. Uh, there it it is a spectrum. I've said this and I know that yeah. this is not popular to a lot of people. But I do believe this. There yeah. is a spectrum. Yeah. And so, I and I like how I, it's the B2 like starts a conversation of empathy and and it is you know something to talk well, about. Oh, and the Art Kelly yeah, Oh my gosh! I did. I did get lost looking at Art Kelly thing and and reading oh, the story. Please. 
He is a hot mess. Oh, I was just reading the story about um, the girl that came forward, the girl that was like 15 outside his courtroom and later became involved with him. Because I, I couldn't, I couldn't help starting to read it. I was like, "Come on, no!" And then I read the whole thing, and I, and she's, you know, really saying that now she's she's married with children, and you know, but she's like that shouldn't have happened. But he's kind of a cult guy. Yeah, that is. It is a cult because he got even one of her friends was involved with him too, and they were yeah, and there there and are there are. And, mm, ugh. Some of those, some of those women, their parents are trying to get, get their kids out of his grasp. He is a cultist. Yeah, he is. It's creepy. It's and, so and, creepy. But, but I do love the idea that the, the, the very. I I just I love what you just. I love that video, the idea yeah. of saying me too, me too. So this way, other women can come forward. Yeah, and, and, and so it doesn't have to be defensive. But in the in the case of Harvey Weinstein, it's like amazing to me that this much happened. You know what I mean? Like, how could this have happened so much without people saying "Me too"? And maybe they said it to each other, men. like quietly, and that it. But nobody, I don't think anybody realized. What that dirty dirtbag was up to. Because nobody had kind of a public forum to talk about it. or, But it's it's ridiculous how much he got away with. I and think I guess was organized, um, I don't want to say, well, I think now looking back, organized criminality. But I think there was, a, there was people who were there to cover him up and were paid a lot mm -hmm. of money to cover up what he did. Sure. And, and I don't know. I do not. Mm -hmm. um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask. I didn't quite see the connection with Rose McGowan's agent killing herself. I'm not sure what her involvement is. I, I don't think anybody knows at this point. And that's good. I mean, that's just, that's, it is upsetting, but I don't but know. But I, I think that there were a lot of people paid a lot of money mm -hmm. to cover up what he did. Um. And here's the thing, when we talk about Me Too and when you hear what, what Burke was saying about how it's supposed to be a, a forgiving thing, mm -hmm. there were a lot of women who were just, they just wanted to get jobs in Hollywood. And that's the thing, we have no idea how many people he turned away. Like, I did see that Heather Graham was saying on The View, she was saying... Yeah, he told me, you know, he and his wife have an agreement and we could do things together and then we would work together. And I said, well, I'm, I guess I'm not working with him and didn't work with him, you know? Yeah. So. But and then there were other didn't women. Didn't ruin who Heather Graham's careers, but there are other girls. Maybe he just, you know, blacklisted you, if, them. If we were to look back, Hollywood... I think Hollywood has been a breeding ground for really bad patriarchal yeah. attitudes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the whole thing, the casting couch. Yes. You know, the casting couch. And what Harvey Weinstein did was the modern version of the casting couch. Oh, except completely. that, you know, he involved his penis. Yeah. And I'm sure that back then in those days, it was the same. 
Yeah. And, and so we're kind of getting to a point, I think, I believe, I hope, where women have had enough. Yeah. We've had I, enough. I hope we, so. We don't have to put I up with so. it. Yeah. Um, so I do have some more um, Rose, Rose McGowan, and I looked into her... And I, and I read this story. She had a story in Bust before this all really was coming out. She had a story in Bust before it became as, as much of a story as it was, which was interesting, too. And she was talking about um, the Rose Army and everything like that. But I have some, some of the, her talk with Mika. So let me go here. The enabling establishment that you say was sort of deep in the Hollywood DNA. How did it work? It works like a mafia, I believe. Mm. Um, I imagine where, it, you know, they seem to have this collective invisible vow of omerta that they swear to take in if you work at an agency or at a management company or you're anywhere. And it, but the message over and over is, like in any kind of structure, uh, that's illegal. Mm -hmm. you know, illegal things are happening here and there's obviously and there won't be now but no government oversight uh, traditionally since since like the dawn of time with the movies the dawn of movie time and it's it's but it's systemic obviously in every single area but the it, it's you know my uh, like what if all these people that are doing these things behind the scenes and I know it's hard for people to hear this day after day and like what you're puncturing my idol or my hero and I'm like right. Then they should be better heroes because if you're gonna be a hero, be a hero. And the people behind the scenes are are are. I mean, they've done studies. You know, there's a vast amount of sociopathy going on there. And the thing is, is that predators go to where victims are, right? Just like how a little league coach that's a pedophile, that's where he he goes to where kids are, right? Or a priest or whatever. Some not all priests, obviously, but some of them. And same thing there. And the thing is, they go to where, and these damaged girls and boys that are beautiful, if you're beautiful, and nobody talks about beauty in this equation. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about that, because it's verboten to talk about that. But when you are an exceedingly, and a, a kind of otherworldly beauty, that's who gets, you know, a lot of times famous, right? And that would be something like the prime target for a lion going after a gazelle. Maybe he wants the one that goes like this. But these girls, and boys, I mean, they say the statistics on uh, sexual assault with, um, within, you know, strippers and, and sex workers is 9,900%. I would, I would say like most women we, and beautiful women, you get damaged very early because you get punished for what men want. Right. And what they're told to want. And they're told by Hollywood they can have you. Before you talked about it publicly, did women, uh, your friends, did your colleagues talk about it privately? I, I, uh, these were not my colleagues. Mm. I knew them in the way that maybe someone on set knows you, but right. isn't your friend. Got it. Right? Yep. So they know really the real you in a lot of ways. Right? So I saw, that's what I saw. Nobody, nobody thought that I was, you know, taking notes, essentially. This Brave is not a book of, I mean, I could, have take, I could take person after person after person down, let's be real. So could you. That's a fact, right? But that's not my message. My message is actually hopeful. My message is one of optimism because somehow in the face of all this, uh, I mean, I saw the monsters, you see, they, these men had such ultimate power, they never thought they would have to hide it. Mm -hmm. They never, ever thought this would happen to them. They never thought, 
I never had an NDA because he never thought I would talk. Right. Because people don't, right? But the message here is greater than that. I use these stories of my life and examples. Okay. Sorry about that. I didn't unmute quickly. But yeah, and that's, I think that's what you were saying about the casting couch. You know? When she said these monsters never thought. She doesn't say Harvey Weinstein's name. Like she no, said she that in doesn't. another interview. She doesn't say his name. No, she just calls him the monster. In the book, also, she just calls him the monster because she doesn't want people. Well, I guess she doesn't want to be sued, I would imagine. I don't know. Well, you know, at a certain point, you know, just the same way with, you know, what happened in Parkland. I don't want to talk about the shooter's name. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I well, don't want that's to mention too. the villain's name. <laughs> I, but, yeah, these monsters never, ever thought that they'd be held to account. And they're being held to account. Sure. Yeah. You look at You look at Weinstein. You look at the fact that. Women are trying to, to like, buy his company. Cut the first half in a little bit, but definitely figure it. Um, I know, I know, I know. We got to go to break. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love it when you. she said to Tamika, "Well, it's just time, I guess." But that's what Ken's saying. But we started a little late. Um, I don't know if it's exactly been forty-five minutes. But I love it when she's like, "You could take people down, right, Mika?" And Mika's just like, "What? <laughs> I don't want to take anyone down." <laughs> yeah. I feel like Mika knows that she can. Maybe she's putting stuff in her pocket. <laughs> I, yeah, but I don't he, know. Later on in that, later on in that interview, that interview was really interesting because later mm -hmm. on, Mika talked about the fact that she found out she wasn't getting paid the same as oh, other coworkers. She? Okay. Yes. Mm, can't imagine other coworkers. Who I assume is now her fiance, <clears throat> Joe Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> and now she but knows she, exactly how much more he makes than her. Yeah, when I heard that part of the interview, I was like, oh, okay, somebody put Joe's his check probably that. and pays his bills. Yeah. <laughs> but she did. She went in front of the MSNBC, you know, whoever she has to go to, mm -hmm. and she got equal pay. Equal pay. Well, that's something. And, there you and go. in the end, in the end, this this is all part of me too. Yeah. It's yeah. not just about you acknowledging that you've been we've been abused. It's also about men acknowledging that you are not treating us as equals. Sure. And yes, it's yeah. a kind movement. It's a movement where you know <laughs> we want to have love, but mm -hmm. you know what? We also want you all to acknowledge we've been done wrong. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, we're going to go and end the first half of Resistor Sisters number seven. But in the second half of Resistor Sisters no seven, not only will we talk about the Oscars and you um, telling me all about what happened, because I know nothing. Um, <laughs> we will also talk about fashion accessories at the Oscars having to do with equal pay. How exciting is that? Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. All right. Well... <laughs> Hold on, let me... I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. Okay, hold on. Mwah. And we're gonna have a guest. You're listening to Resistor Sisters. I look like a hooker. They're called sex workers, and they're heroes. Thank you for your service. Resistor Sisters, the podcast men's rights activists love to hate.
Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. I'm Rick Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are From the Bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the Bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. This is Adam Hebert. On every episode of Mike Check Radio, me and my co-hosts are not only committed to telling you about the latest political news, but also about the latest nerd news as well. Whether it's the latest scientific discovery, the new season of anime, the ending of a cherished manga, or the latest in comics, television, or movies, my show is guaranteed to bring you something that will make your inner nerd go twee! So be sure to tune in to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Light out, everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. This is Indie Media Weekly, extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time. Somebody's got to destroy the patriarchy. It might as well be me, Susan, here in Cleveland. Joining me is Rain in D.C. Sir, I got your back. You need a sledgehammer, a foot, <laughs> a speculum, because you know what? Men are really afraid of speculum. <laughs> they are? Why would they be afraid of speculums? Because they don't know what they are. They don't know what they are. I wish I didn't know what they, they are. Knew, but... If they knew how cold they were, they would yeah. run. Run. 
<laughs> Maybe this is just kind of like an ice pick at the at the patriarchy day. And also <laughs> Just like an ice perky, an ice pick, and like a little hammer. Um, also, Cat from Columbus, yay! Our guest, Cat. Hi, Cat. Hello, Rain. Hello, Suze. So yeah, so you can't you can't always sledgehammer the patriarchy and just have it come tumbling down. Sometimes, you know, you just have little taps around the surface. Sometimes you you know you take a crowbar. You wedge it in there, press, you know. Sometimes you take a little speculum. <laughs> Sometimes you take a very warm speculum. No, I want to do a cold one. <laughs> For the patriarchy, I think it should be ice cold. And pretend, <laughs> pretend that we're doing... This is... I'm sorry, this finger might be a little cold. <laughs> oh, is this cold? And then use it as speculum and... Ooh. Ooh. I, I know, that's that's inappropriate. But so what's new? We're always inappropriate. Attention. It's always awful. Attention. <laughs> well, we're, <sighs> we are. We do have um, the goal of destroying the patriarchy. So this could happen. It's happening slowly. Some days are quicker than others. But thank goodness we have our um, our Oscars correspondents to tell us what happened at the Oscars. Because I I watched it once once years ago. I went to an Oscar party. And there wasn't much booze. Did you really? Once. I did go to an Oscar party and I was supposed to guess like what movie was going to win. And I was like, oh, I did. I watched two of these. <laughs> which is really sad. And I always think like next year I'm going to watch these ahead of time. But it was the year Pan's Labyrinth came out, which was awesome. Do you remember Pan's uh, Labyrinth? Was... Yeah, no. When was that? I don't know. It's been about 10 years, I think. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Why do you do that to me? It, it was around 2007, 2008, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Should, should I not remember things from 10 years ago? Does no, that's that good me, that you do. Does that make me really old? Ha! No, so it makes you, it makes you um, a historian. From 2008. <laughs> that was really nice of you. <laughs> so hey, hey, a sharp memory is always a good thing. Oh, dude. Well, the short-term memory is not as good as the long-term. I could tell you about all kinds of things that happened years and years ago, but I don't know what I ate for lunch yesterday. I have no idea. Memory is impossible. Yeah. But so this, this year, Bob and I decided to... We were like, you know what? We're going to start taking advantage of date nights. We're going to go see more movies. Yeah, and yeah. So we got you know to watch a lot of them, and they were fun. What? When you watch a good one, tell me it's good. Tell me I should go to the theater and watch it. But I haven't even gotten. We were we had ourselves all set to go and see Black Panther, and then it didn't happen. Or as I like to call it, the story of Kitty Cat Man. <laughs> and. We haven't gotten there meow. yet. Can I can I just jump in here with Meowda forever? Oh, <laughs> is that his city? Wakanda. Well, you Wakanda, gotta go see Meow. Black Panther, and then you'll understand Wakanda forever. Forever. <laughs> well, lucky forever. for me, I know a bunch of comic book nerds, but 
Yeah, so that's... I like Black Panther, and I'm not a comic book nerd. I'd like to like it, but I can't seem to get to the theater. It'll happen. I I finally got to see it on Saturday, so you're not that far behind me. (laughs) Cool. Well, see, I, I hear that, like, the women are great in it. That's all I hear. Like, nobody's ruined it for me. But I don't read anything on the internet anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> I love the, the I love the movie. I did. Yeah. Really? Awesome. It's just the, a great story. The women were pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well Yeah, the king the king needs to say thank you, sisters. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> they, so what but, what is, uh, what's happened to the Oscars? What happened? Like I mean I've got these I've got some um, some sound bites for you when you want me to play them. I've got them in order, I think. But oh, I've got a forty-one and a nine second. But well, I, a lot of things happened. There were a lot of women who came out and they they kind of they talked about Me Too. They talked about Times Up. There was uh, Salma Hayek and Ashley Judd, who you know they kind of said enough is enough, but. To me, there, there there was a lot of things. It was a lot of things. I don't like being the Oscar correspondent. Yes, you do. Um, you love it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, don't you love doing jobs I'm not paying you my, for? One of my favorite oh, parts. One of my favorite parts was that Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. who was the host, and I thought yeah, yeah. he did a really great job. He came out and he said, basically, you know, we need to start owning up to the crap that we do here in Hollywood. He and said, we, he said, literally, quote, we can't let bad behavior slide anymore. The world yeah. is watching us. Yeah. And I thought that was important. Right. That that was good. There was uh, Frances McDormand's oh, acceptance with, we're gonna, with. Oh, Kat, we're going to get to her. I am. See, I'm going to prepare All right. I've got a Frances McDormand <laughs> quote. I'm just going to play it for 41 seconds. What do you think? Are you ready? You Go ready? for it. Go for I it. I may be so honored to have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight. The actors, Meryl, if you do it, everybody else will, come on. The filmmakers, the producers, the directors, the writers, the cinematographer, the, the composers, the songwriters, the, 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 the designers. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Ms. Boyne. <laughs> Okay, look around, everybody. Look around, ladies and gentlemen, because we all have stories to tell and projects we need financed. I wonder if that'll happen. Do you think that'll happen? Well, no. Stories will start coming out. I do. (laughs) You think so? I, well, yeah, I do, because I'm a hopeful person. Yeah. I am a hopeful person. Because I don't know if we have the next clip, but the next clip was when she talked about the inclusion inclusion writers the inclusion writer do we have that, that clip is that the 9 second one i think it i i don't i don't know if it's the 9 second one All i know right, i labeled go. it in, in the email let's it could go. be i have two words to leave with you tonight ladies and gentlemen yes. inclusion writer that's that's what you said that's it what does that mean and, and well, there's another clip. <laughs> there's another clip. Well, to explain it. 
Should we go but, next? But there is another clip. There is another clip because you spoke about it post Oscars. But Cat, if you got what it, it is, talk about it. What it is is uh, when somebody signs on to a project, the the contract that they make up, they can include different writers in it. Um, when you talk about people who are notoriously um, awful people to work with, they might have like a writer that says that they should have a trailer on set that's set up a certain way, things like that. So a writer is a is a little addendum to a contract. Is and that like when I have ten sort my M and M's before I start the show? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, actually, it's exactly like that. It really and, is. And what an, inclusion, what an inclusion writer would be is one of these addendums that's saying that on this project that I'm going to work on, you need to make a conscious effort to be more inclusive and diverse in hiring oh, yeah, designers, yeah, yeah, yeah. cinematographers, so on and so forth. All of the all of the behind the scenes people, because yeah. one of the reasons why there are so few women directors and cinematographers and so forth is Hollywood is an old boys club and. Yeah. Yeah women haven't had the opportunity to get ahead so she's telling actresses to use the power that they have through people wanting to hire them to then raise up women in these other Mm -hmm. roles in the and and one thing that's amazing to me and we don't even have to play the audio to it was in the post oscar she said i only learned about this in december Mm -hmm. she said i just learned about this and this, this idea of this inclusion writer was presented, I think, via a TED Talk last year. In 20, oh, yeah. No, it was in 2016. I like TED Talks. Actually, it was, it was in 2016 where, mm-hmm. where I can't remember the names. I'm not good at names. But That's okay. um, a woman came out and said, basically, here, if you want to make changes, this is how we can do it. The if tool's you're a already woman, there. Just use it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Use the tool. Exactly. Use the tool that's there. If you, you know, you get this job, you want this job, you get a chance to put this in your rider. The same way, you know, I don't know, Van Halen said we only want green M&Ms. Yeah. Except you can use this for good. For good. And I I find Frances McDormand more and more amazing as I go along because she she made it clear during the Golden Globes that she, Mm -hmm. she said... I, y- y'all don't need to know my politics. I don't make my politics known. But with this film, which, Suze, you got to go see this one. Which one? Which one do I see? Three billboards. Three billboards. Oh, okay, yeah. You've got to go see this film. Um, mm-hmm. To me, I find it one of the most... I, I find it to be incredible. It's, it's feminist. Yeah. And it's feminist because it's a woman that's out there... Frances McDormand is a woman that's out there playing an unapologetically angry woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need more of that. We, I can be we angry need all the time. More. Did you want that? Like, I'm the Hulk, <laughs> completely. Do you guys follow that feminist Hulk Twitter? <laughs> no. You never heard of that? No. <laughs> that's no, one of the I first will. things I was following on Twitter, <laughs> feminist Hulk. <laughs> I feel like you could be my sister. <laughs> It's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think 
that I follow it, but I know that I've seen some of the tweets retweeted along the way. Along yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. I, it's been but a yeah, while since Francis I've looked did at that. Was actually, incredible to me. yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're not. I was but just. She did, what she did, what she said was incredible to me. She basically told every woman in Hollywood. Tell your agents, tell whoever is in charge of getting you a job, I'm not going to work unless you hire an equal amount of women, LGBTQ people, transgender people. I know there's the T in there, cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please. Well, when you said LGBT, me, I do my best. When you I said my- LGBT, I figured that was included. <laughs> I do, I do my very, very best. But basically, it's about it, it, the 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 inclusion rider is about making sure that everybody is included. And if everybody's included, I think Hollywood can lead the way. It, it I do because has. right now it DC isn't politically. Yeah, <laughs> DC isn't. It always has. I'm just, you know, I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised that this has happened. Um, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just surprising that no one spoke up and said, hey, this is happening. You know? So. But a lot, well, of, it happened, a lot of it happened at this Oscar. To me, yeah. I heard it. Yeah. In a different way than last year when Me Too was sort of suddenly kind of being birthed. Well, and a a lot of the stories about Harvey Weinstein in particular were kind of passed around quietly in Hollywood. But, you know, even if it was one or two actresses telling younger actresses, hey, if this happens, I want you to know about such and such. And how to avoid getting into a bad situation with this person. That allowed him to continue to have power. Mm-hmm. And and that's an the, interesting point, actually. And, and that's where the problem ultimately came in. Was you know it it was fine that it was this quote open secret unquote in Hollywood, and people would tell new actresses to the scene to avoid being alone with him and so on but because it wasn't public knowledge he still retained power as one of the top producers in hollywood yeah yeah and in a in a broader scope and oh god that's such a really good point cat because in a broader scope i mean there were there were stories about, it doesn't have to be, let me see if I can say this the right way. I mentioned earlier, growing up, we were told, don't dress a certain way, don't go to certain places, don't act a certain way. And it, that's almost akin to the fact that there were stories about Weinstein that everybody was told, don't do these certain things so you don't become a victim to Weinstein. And it it kind of goes to th- the idea that this has been something that's been going on in society 
for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Just, I hope that makes sense. I, I yeah. don't know if I said it the right way, but it's, it's a societal it's, thing. Yeah, it's how girls and women are socialized, and it's how per- how the patriarchy is perpetuated through through the socialization. Yeah, because because we're socializing girls and women to quietly endure these assaults against their person because to to come forward and speak your truth and to level these allegations against a powerful man is in turn taking a hammer to the patriarchal power structure yes well It is starting to end. I mean, and I really do believe it's starting to end. I, I honest to God believe. And when I say starting to end, it doesn't mean it's going to end overnight or in in a year. It's going to take a long time. But, but before it's, it's, the dawn, you kind of like, before the dawn, you kind of can see a little less darkness. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's happening. To me. And and it's power that's been built up over millennia, and it's not going to end overnight. It's going to take a couple of generations at least. And I think our generation was the first generation to actually say, no, I'm not going to settle for this. Women like Ashley Judd and Selma Hayek are our generation. And you see what the younger generation, the millennials and the Gen Z kids who yeah. are who are standing up in Parkland against the NRA. And a lot of the same students are standing up against patriarchal power. If you read some of the things they've been saying in addition to the NRA stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know... Our generation took the first baby steps to say, no, we're not putting up with this crap anymore. And yeah. it, and the subsequent generations that are following us are now taking that action out into the streets and rising up against it. Which reminds me of the greatest um, little uh, tweet Rain had, <laughs> which um, was basically, <laughs> what was that, rainbow Oh. Yes, it was Randy Rainbow. I'm Randy going to see Rainbow. him Friday night. What? I'm not going to be on Turn Up the Night on Friday because we're going to see Randy Rainbow. Is it like is it like a comedy thing he does, or are you just going to like stalk I him and get know. his? No, 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 no. Signature and <laughs> no. be like, no, I love what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't stalk people. No, I he's do. got. Um, he's going to be. <laughs> He's he's got a show at the Warner Theater here in D.C. That's exciting. And I think he's going to play all of his, you know, YouTube songs. Yeah. Well, the one he, he, if you haven't heard this yet, he's talking about, like, what's the matter with kids? They're together. What's the matter with kids today? You know that song. And then he's just talking about, about, like... They've they've got good arguments, <laughs> you know, and he's putting that into the song. They they really make a point, you know. <laughs> so he's showing pictures yeah, of pissed. all the kids from the Parkland. Kids are yeah, they've had it. They've had they're, it. They're and like they're, they're coming for you, Dana Loesch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went after Betsy DeVos today too. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, she she dared to show her face she at their show- school. <laughs> she, oh, wow. Betsy DeVos, in case you all didn't know this. Suit, I don't. I don't. She, she showed up at Parkland today, mm-hmm. even though none of the kids wanted her to show up. She got there, and uh, she spoke to three people, and not one of them were students. She took yeah. no questions from the students there at all. None. Okay. So I don't even know. I, why, why did she show up? For a photo op. I, yeah, she's, she's, she's a very bad... She, you know what? She's, she's United States Secretary of Education? Yes. yes. I'm going to start putting people like Betsy Duvall. She's the Secretary of Education. Why wouldn't she be there? I don't want to be a jerk, but... Well, then she should have talked to the students. Okay. I'll get, I'll get you there. She should have, you know, had a Q&A. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and instead... I would like she... to put into... Uh, I, have a, I, have a new, I have a new theory mm-hmm. for future shows. Tell me, tell me. Because anybody who's listening to this show this mm-hmm. week knows that we always have new ideas for new shows. I'm going to put her into not helping destroy the patriarchy. I'm going to put Betsy DeVos in there. I'm going to put Sarah Sanders in there. <laughs> I'm going to put uh, Elaine Chow in there. Yeah. I'm going to put Kellyanne, Dana Lesh. So that's, that's so just you're, all I got. You're off. saying they're not yeah. destroying the patriarchy. They're just kind of supporting the patriarchy. <laughs> supporting they are massaging the patriarchy to make it harder. <laughs> See, they, I was afraid it would go get a They have later. internalized... <laughs> Internalized misogyny out the ears. Yes, I'm yes. sorry, Susan. I, mean, uh, I didn't mean to embarrass you. I was gonna. I was trying to be a little more subtle. Like they're supporting this patriarchy through that. I don't know. I was gonna say some sort of a medical, like look. Uh, what? Like, <laughs> like you know, like when you get things. When you when you like, take your when you cough and turn the other way. <laughs> Kind of support him, but I couldn't oh. think of that name of that that medical see, test. See, but these are women who, if you cough and turn the other way, they wouldn't use the speculum, so they're not helping. <laughs> Come on, Cat, so, help me here. I don't know. I was just kind of but stabbing yeah. at this general thing. I was trying to. Well, anyway. <laughs> so let me see. Um, just putting we've got, them into a patriarchal support bag. Yes, patriarchal support bag. So, but um, let's see. I do have um, common praises or Twitter ad. Which do, what do you want? What do you want to hear? It's up to you. I love common. Let's go common. On Oscar night, this is the dream we tell. A land where dreamers live and freedom dwells. Immigrants get the benefits. We put up monuments for the feminists. Tell the NRA they in God's way. And to the people of Parkland, we say Ashe. Sentiments of love for the people from Africa, Haiti to Puerto Rico. So, yeah. That's good. That's so that fun. was, yeah, he, he was there at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. As your Oscar correspondent-ish. I loved that. You're all we've got, Okay. You can do it. You're our Oscar I girl. Love, 
<laughs> I did. I love that. Kat, did you watch the Oscars? No, I did not. See, I... that, that segment I just found so inspirational because here is a man. And, you know, he's a man. And it was really nice to see a man raising up everything that is not about men. Sure. But, so, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And he's, I, I just, I love his poetry. Yeah. So his little fan stuff. So I'm trying to find his name. No, no. It's common. Oh, it is common. It's his name. It's just common. <laughs> it's common. Better than basic, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've heard of common, right? No. Yes. I know nothing about poetry, unfortunately. Should know more. Right. The first I the first I heard of him was when uh, President Obama oh, okay. when, when President Obama invited him to the White House, and that led to the Fox News freakout over oh. the hip hop barbecue. Oh, oh yeah, now I remember that. Now I don't know if you all know this, but mm -hmm. we moved here. We moved here in. In 2009, mm -hmm. November 2009, and it was pretty much the same week that you could, like, get your tickets for the uh, White House ceremony for the Christmas lighting. Mm -hmm. And we won, we won tickets, and Common was the host that night. Hmm. And it was awesome. I've, I've just had some very good luck. Cool. But yeah, Common is, he's, he's like, he's a social justice warrior. To me, yeah. yeah, and and that when he said that at the Oscars, I thought that was amazing. And I like that he was specifically speaking about Africa, Haiti, and mm -hmm. Puerto Rico because yeah. of the the uh, way that Doll Hands has <laughs> Doll Hands <laughs> treated yes. hey, people like from dolls. Africa and Haiti. I like dolls. Stop. I like dolls well, a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, and but, called, but and the called entire and and called entire country shitholes, which is just crazy. Yeah, yeah and that countries. was that was one of the things he was speaking out against. So mm -hmm. I, mm, this is why this is why I really think I, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, the Oscars, meh, 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 but there was a lot more social commentary than a lot of people wanted to acknowledge. As a matter of fact, I will be really honest with you. Mm -hmm. I did not know that um, I didn't watch this movie, Fantastic Woman. Uh, and, the the yeah. uh, winner for the best foreign language film. Yes, I did not know. And I'm really happy to say this. I hope you understand this all. I'm really happy to say this, that the woman the, the woman who starred in this movie, she was the first transgender person to give an Oscar at the Oscars. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I'm just yes. watching it. I was like, oh, well, there's that movie. I guess I should watch that movie because I missed it. 
And then it was the next morning. I was like, oh, that's a movie about a transgender woman. And where where <laughs> the transgender woman is played by a trans woman. Yeah, oh. I didn't know that. I mean, not not by a man. <laughs> Lead yes. star Daniela Vega. Daniela yes. Vega is her name. Yeah, okay. I, I, and I hope See, I hope you all understand when I say I didn't know that, and I'm okay with not knowing it. But I'm really happy that I knew it afterwards. I really like. I have to say, like a lot of the international movies, I kind of would rather watch the Oscar ones because there are so many international movies. But. Like I like international movies. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's but they're a little more effort. <laughs> you gotta read. Yeah, you gotta use subtitles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't I, know I, that. I'm fortunate in being able to speak Spanish well enough that Ooh. I don't need the subtitles, but I use them as sort of a check on my understanding of what's being said. So. <laughs> oh, seriously! Cool, I right? I took First Spanish forever, book. and I and I wrote it, and I like it. But when people start talking around me, they just start la la la, and I'm like, "Turn it! You're going too fast, too fast." <laughs> I'm still and, that way with French, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, and then then they then they you know they call me. Well, my, my friends from Puerto Rico, they would call me um, Susie Loca. I'm like, no, <laughs> Susie Linda, Linda, use the words wrong. Well, this was her, this was her like seven-year-old was calling me Susie Loca at Loca. And I'm like, ah, Linda. A seven-year-old? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's adorable. You know, you should just accept that and love it. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> she meant pretty, <laughs> not crazy, okay? Linda, Linda. So, but yeah. So, that, that was exciting. I know I'm doing bad Oscar recording, but... I think you're doing great. So Francis awesome. McDormand. The what? I mean, Francis McDormand showed up with no makeup. <laughs> She Good looked like her. she might have washed her hair that day. Uh, and I love all of that. Now, was well, she in three billboards? People, people were making comments about the uh, dress that Frances was wearing, too, because it didn't look like some fancy high couture dress. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but they were also the same people who were talking about um, that woman who was, see, again, bad with names. The woman who was um, with Maya Rudolph. Oh, I love her. I love Maya Rudolph, but the woman who was with Maya Rudolph giving an Oscar, she was the one who was being picked on because she wore that that dress that cost her $6,000. She's like, I am wearing that dress everywhere. Because <laughs> it cost her six thousand dollars. Tiff, Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Thank you. See, terrible she's, at names. She's she's like, I'm wearing this, like, dress, I'm wearing this dress again. Well, yeah, yeah. it cost six thousand dollars. See, I love people like that. I really did enjoy the Oscars this year, not just because of the movie. I mean, it's not like because... a wedding dress. You're not going to put it in a. Well, my wedding dress isn't in anything upstairs. Let me tell you something. My first wedding dress, I wore twice. <laughs> first, 
first at the wedding, and then I saved it for a while, and I was like, God, I'm divorced. And then then the second time I wore it, Mm -hmm. I was a zombie bride. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or you could do a Miss Haversham. A Halloween Miss Haversham. Cut cut the hell out of it. Put blood. (laughs) I got pictures. Oh, awesome. I should share that someday. There you go. That was a really good wedding dress. Yeah. So, okay. So I've got um, one more to go here. And this is the uh, Twitter ad. You ready? Ready for this one? Here yes. we go. I heard a woman becomes herself the first time she speaks without permission. Then every word out her mouth, a riot. Say beautiful and point to the map of your body. Say brave and wear your skin like a gown or a suit. Say hero and cast yourself in the lead role. When a girl pronounces her own name, there is glory. When a woman tells her own story, she lives forever. If this poem is the only thing that survives me, tell them this is how I happened. Tell them I built me a throne. Tell them when we discovered life on another planet, it was a woman and she built a bridge, not a border. I heard this is how you make history. This is how you create a new world. Bridges, not walls. I like that. Right? Yeah. What'd you think of it, Kat? Because I know Kat's on Twitter like me. I I didn't see it on Twitter. Uh, This was the first time I was hearing it, but um, it's really, it speaks to where we need to go in this country you know we need to empower more people and we need to stop trying to push people away who are different you know yeah Yeah, here's the thing Kat I don't know if you knew this this ad played during the Oscars Hmm. I think this was the first I think this was the first broadcast ad of Twitter oh so it came out during the Oscars, I, it's now showing on Twitter. And the reason why I asked you what you thought, because you and I are on Twitter a lot. I loved the ad. I really loved the ad. I, what I don't love is that Twitter is not doing anything about the bullying. Women and minorities. Yeah experiencing on Twitter well I think I've mentioned this before when we've talked on uh, turn up the night when I've been on with you but one of the big problems and this is a problem both with Twitter and with Facebook is that when somebody reports abusive bullying posts comments and so on mm-hmm. It, it has to reach a certain threshold of reports before an actual human oh. being looks at it. <laughs> That's probably true. So, so um, a lot of times, like, I, I've seen people post on Twitter about how unfair it is that 
this one person who's speaking up in support of LGBT people, for example, mm. gets uh, a 24-hour lockout because they use, like, the phrase, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, to, to the people who are being haters. And the haters get no punishment, but the person who mm. is trying to be supportive of the rights of another does. And that's because the haters band together in a yeah, group yeah. and report the heck out of the person who used the curse word, which is also technically against the community standards. Because they're work, they're so, working together like like a pack of dogs. Exactly, right? bullies. Yeah. Pack of bully dogs. Yeah, sure. Do you guys want to know That's, how I got thrown off Facebook for forty eight hours? What? Oh, you didn't know this. Do you want to no. know? Kate? Do you want to know? You think sure? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't even play think it, of play that. It. Wait, do it. <laughs> Hey, I'm late. I'm late. All right. Come on. Let me tell you how to get thrown off Facebook you in gotta three easy steps. I know. I'm looking for it. <laughs> so sad. Okay. Getting to know you. That's the short version. Okay. So here's what here's what happened. This friend of mine, right? She's a good friend of mine. I'm going to give you... I'm going to try to get the short version. Anyway, she and her husband... We're trying to get pregnant. They were trying to get pregnant for a year. And they, they didn't give me details, thank God. But, you know, I was aware that they were married and trying to get pregnant. And I saw them on a weekly basis, right? And then as soon as she got pregnant, like seriously, a month later, he left her for this other woman. What? I know. And I was like, what? What? <gasps> And oh, he was God. living in this other woman's basement as soon as she got pregnant. And I was just floored. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I put on her Facebook page. Do you want me to punch him? Because I wanted to. He reported okay, me to Facebook. Than me. <laughs> he reported, reported me to Facebook. You? And oh. yes, for threatening violence to him, which I did. I did. I guess I did. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it wasn't like, because I was putting on her Facebook, do you want me to punch him? Because I will. And she put, no, don't. I was not only thrown off for Facebook for 24, 48 hours, but then I was in their divorce proceeding. Like, I was never to talk to his daughter. And this was like in the divorce proceeding and la la la. So, but wow. basically, I was just like, I was floored. Like, I just can't believe this is happening. So, oh. that's... All you do have to do is threaten violence on Facebook. And they will see that. Well, someone has to... One person has to report it. And bang, you're off. So, Twitter's not like that. Well, well actually, Facebook... Oh. It's, it's got to be seen by... I, I think Facebook uses... Mm -hmm some sort of an algorithm that goes through the reported post and looks for keywords and yeah. key phrases. Yeah. Where Twitter doesn't know. seem to... I would have been there being like, can I help? Can I help? I'll hold them. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how you get thrown but, on Facebook. Threaten violence to people. I, I, I don't yeah, know anyone else has gotten thrown off it, but I seriously, I did specifically say, wow. do you want me to punch him? <laughs> 
And so. and at least one person has to report it. And, and he reported it because he was looking at yep. his her he was looking at her Facebook page to see how her friends reacted to this. You know. So, oh, so yeah, when, when really she posts Venus. I don't when, know. When she posts, a horrible person. When she posted that, she should have blocked him from being able to see it. Well, sure. <laughs> sure. That that would have been smart. But I had to, like, maybe four months later, I had to say, look, you guys both have the same phone system. He's oh, tracking you. Get wow. rid of that phone system because as it, he's paying for it. So you have to realize that he knows where you are at all times. He can track it because it's his phone. He's paying for it. And she's like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Get rid of that yep. thing. <laughs> so, it, you know. In wow. fact. In fact, I know with Sprint, with their uh, family groups, if if somebody is in your family group, you can track their phone. Sure. Sure. He's paying for it. Why? And she was like, really? Do you think? I'm like, yeah. How do you think he knows where you are all the time? Yeah. Get rid of the phone. But anyway. All right. So here we are. We're running a little late, but we do have some time. But I do want to play the Louis Farrakhan, which is going to bring everybody down because he's no gosh darn good. Here we go. Here's the president of the United States. He believed what Billy was saying. He talked about their grip on the media. He talked about their grip in Hollywood and how the Jews were responsible for all of this filth and degenerate behavior that Hollywood is putting out, turning men into women and women into men. Oh my God, is it 1960? Is it 1955? No, Well, he, he, he was referring he, to... Is this recent? Yes! Oh, oh, I'm sorry. oh okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, this was this past weekend at yeah. the um, Savior's Day rally in Chicago. God. And, uh, but he's he's referring to the mm-hmm. recordings of Billy Graham talking to President Nixon on the White House. Tapes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, in in one regard, what he's talking about is yes, from the 1960s. Yeah, but if, so if you're old. if you're looking at it from 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 that perspective, in mm-hmm. the 1960s, Hollywood certainly wasn't doing anything to encourage men to become women and women to become no. men. No, they weren't. So on on. top of on top of which (laughs) trans people have existed for millennium. Yes, yes. They're referred to (laughs) in the Bible. Really? Which Bible verse? I want to know more. Which Bible? Well, in Leviticus. In in Leviticus, Leviticus, it talks about when it talks about the Leviticus. uh, Yeah, when it talks about um, the the temple prostitutes. Oh, of the of the uh, neighboring groups of people um, mm-hmm. in Mesopotamia and Sumeria and so on. Mm-hmm. Those temple prostitutes were men who wore mm-hmm. the clothing of women. Oh, okay. And that's where the whole 
lying man lying with a man as yeah, yeah, he yeah. would with a woman being yeah, an abomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a question. And I don't eat shrimp. Question. But go ahead. Don't eat shrimp. Okay. Well, I'm going to eat shrimp. You're never going to stop me from okay. eating shrimp. Well, then don't but mix cotton with with synthetic fabrics because that's important I'm doing too. That, go ahead. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> but here's the thing, Cat. When you when you say that he's trying to mimic Billy Graham, is he trying to align himself with white well, Christian evangelicals? No, what what he's doing, he he was referring to what Billy Graham and President Nixon were caught on tape saying in the White House tapes. And what he's saying is that even Billy Graham and President Nixon recognized that the Jews were evil. Yeah. Okay. Because so this is Farrakhan and his his the Jews. I, I'm 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 honestly trying to understand this because I I don't I don't get what you're saying with what well, we with, just heard. Yeah, with Should we Farrakhan. play it again? Because uh, I have to say it's 26 seconds, but really my brain was just like crazy, crazy. crazy. Well, well. Uh, <laughs> Farrakhan, Farrakhan is fairly well known for being an anti-Semite. Yeah. And so what he's doing is he's using these white men of power and their anti-Semitism to, to tell this crowd that he's speaking to that everybody can see that the Jews are evil and they're corrupting our society and oh. these are the ways in which they're corrupting our society. And that's a conservative so, point for some time. Like, oh, it's the Jews oh, yeah. in Hollywood, you know. So yeah. he is trying to align himself with evangelicals. Oh, from a social standpoint, he is right there with the Christian right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. From a social standpoint, they would be best buddies if it weren't for the whole racial thing. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, oh, God. You're saying that they're He's supporting nice. the patriarchy. They're kind of like, you know, we oh, don't yeah. really like each other, but together we're going to support the patriarchy. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's well, he said some other really disgusting things about mm -hmm. about Jewish people, <laughs> and he's he's very um, anti LGBT. He's mm -hmm. he, he makes that that um, Pastor Manning guy in Harlem look tame. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. I'm kind of surprised that Trump hasn't brought him on as an advisor. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why Trump would never bring him on. <laughs> because, oh, because oh, of that. Melatonin? <laughs> he, he's got because a little bit more melanin yeah, than Trump a, likes to he's have. He's a little bit, yeah, melanin is in your skin. Melatonin is the chemical in your body that makes you happy, right? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, That's okay. I'm not, I don't mean to like... That's They're fine. close. They're close. Oh my God! You can always say, "Rain, get this shit straight." Rain, 
I just straightened it. your shit up. <laughs> my no, that was like you, you had a straight. tag showing on your shirt, and I just tucked it in real quick. <laughs> it's fine. My Everything's so fine. straight. It's dried spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh goodness. Yeah. That, that, well, I would say they're both supporting the patriarchy. I would say that. Yes. Yes. Yes, and Farrakhan in his rhetoric when it comes to racial issues makes him a very useful tool for the white nationalists to okay, point yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, when, so, I, when, when I hear him talking, like, I just like see ping pongs. Like, I'm like, I don't even follow what you're saying because it's all crazy. And, like, I, I kind of want to have a recording of feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Because it doesn't make sense to me, you know? Nothing more than feelings. Yeah. And when I, was, when I was in college, I had the good fortune to have the opportunity to, um, to see both the widow of Malcolm X and his mm. brother on different occasions speak mm -hmm. at schools that I went to. Uh, Betty Shabazz spoke at University of Cincinnati when I went to school there, and his brother spoke at BG when I went to school there. And Bowling Green? Bowling Green. Yeah. Okay. My sister went there too. And so I've I've heard a lot of stories about Lewis from mm -hmm. The early days of his association with Malcolm and with Elijah Muhammad. And he was as crazy 50 years ago as he is today. Yeah. I think, I yeah, mean, and tell me if I'm like wrong. A nice person. No, tell me if I'm wrong. Isn't he, isn't Louis Farrakhan like the craziest on the spectrum? Like, like Malcolm X, okay, you know, like. I can kind of follow him, but is is Louis Farrakhan kind of the craziest on the spectrum, or is it me? No. Who's the farthest no, out there, think is you. what I'm saying. <laughs> I think he's the farthest. I think Farrakhan is. Yeah. I mean, I think Farrakhan is. I, I just, I think that uh, Malcolm X gets a bad rap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really Malcolm do. I think Malcolm X gets bad rap. Mm -hmm. I think that um, Martin, Martin Luther King Jr., he is the guy who, and I've I've written about this years ago. He's the guy who a lot of white people just want to embrace because white culture made him the safe guy, even though he was never ever ever the safe guy. Mm -hmm. He was especially if you read the letter from the Birmingham. Yes, if yes. you read the letter from the Birmingham jail, he's like, we can't rely on white people because they like their power and their yeah. comfort and yeah, they and don't want just, us upsetting the apple cart. It wasn't just a letter from the Birmingham jail. There was a whole bunch of other things. Oh, um, yeah. Somewhere along the line, white people decided to make Malk, uh, JFK or, sorry, I'm sorry. MLK. MLK. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. MLK, like the guy that he's the cuddly, he's the cuddly black man. Well, well, I have to say, he did not promote non He did promote nonviolence, right? Yes, I do agree with that. We I, should talk I about totally he, agree with that. Yeah, we he, should talk. He, he spoke about he spoke about nonviolence, but he yeah. also in the the letter from the Birmingham jail said that 
the biggest obstacle to the progress of civil rights wasn't the Klansmen. It mm-hmm. was the the white moderates who would prefer mm-hmm. peace to agitation. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> which is which is why and this is something we can talk about later on another about, show. Yeah, and we should we should wrap it up because we do we are close to the end here. But um we we should talk about revolution. <laughs> Cuz I like Yeah. Gosh darn it. Yeah, we should. And light stuff on fire. Oh no. No. <laughs> um but yeah, I did want to say briefly in my um my wrap up. Thank you very much for coming on, Kat. Thank you very much, Rain. Um I I did want to say a little bit about myself and I want you to let let's just share a little bit about ourselves. I I went to Kent State. Um, yeah. So, getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, getting to hold you like me. God, I love the. I didn't know that. Hmm? You You didn't know that. I went to Kent State. Can't write, and then people say can't write, can't read Kent State, and I want to fight them. Because I love Kent State, and um, you want me to punch them? Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. Because you know they can't it. kick me off this podcast. <laughs> they can't. Good, good. You could, you could, you know. No, this is no. He won't. But um, no, I loved Kent State, but um, it's the strangest thing because um, it's the only place where punks go there and become hippies. I don't know if it's the same. I don't think it's the same. But when I went to school there, there was a lot of lack of washing. But some nice people that would lend you their beers. What? I think that's just college. Yeah, but no, they they seriously. But I I loved it there. We had a good time. It was, um, you know, like like a nice environment, a nice walking campus. I learned a lot. I had a lot of fun. I stayed way too long after I graduated. <laughs> but where did you go to school, Kat? Well, I'm assuming I you went a- to college. Am I? Am I? Am I being too assumptive? No, you aren't. Okay. Um, I started at University of Cincinnati. While I was there, I was okay. actually on student senate for a time. Oh. Um, I transferred to Bowling Green. And um, then I went to graduate school at Ohio State. Okay, cool. Wow. So I've been all over the state on the educational tour. You have. My parents were always like, go to Bowling Green, Bowling Green, because they both went, my parents both went to Bowling Green, and they loved it. But I wanted something a little more, I guess, liberal. And, um... Kent State was more of an artsy school. At least that was the reputation. Oh, they got rid of the art department. I grew up. They got rid of the art department. Yeah, because it was making too much money, and they wanted to be viewed as an Ivy League school. So, anyway, they got the, so they I got went rid to of the art party school. You did. Where did you go? A party or an arty? <laughs> went to an. I actually went. To an art school. I went to Parsons. Oh. Okay. School of Design, New York City. That oh. was the artsiest school. There you go. 
Anyway. <laughs> so, just what I'm saying it. is... Getting to know you! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I love that whole King and I. Uh, I had the whole little... Like a 45. Several 45s from the King and I. Like one of the musical things. The King and I and Carousel. Yeah, Those I were like some of the albums King I had as a child. That's all I had. What? Really? Yeah. I was in King and I in a high school production. Really? God, I, I, I would have known all those songs if my high school did that. So I would have been like, because eh. that's like, that's I didn't have any rock and roll. My parents were like, rock and roll is bad. Elvis <laughs> is an, a bad man. But I had like Carousel and The King and I, and I had the vinyl version of um, Cinderella. So I know everything on Cinderella. My God. But, <laughs> yeah, I was just one of the kids that the king was getting to know. Yeah, so in I was high like, school production. That's that's <laughs> awesome. See, as soon as I could walk, my friend and I would like walk all the way downtown just to buy like disco singles, which tells you exactly how old I am. So, Whew. but yeah, we needed that. We needed those vinyl singles. We would save our money all week do any chores we could to buy vinyl singles so it's about time for us to say good night you're it? right but thank you very much for talking to me about the oscars because i wasn't gonna watch that no <laughs> i don't have patience and thank you very much cat for being here thank you. oh you're very welcome I hope this was a different experience it was so, and and that's that's that. not a bad thing. It, it's just it's not the same as turn up the night. It's not the same as Tim Caramel. It's its own thing, yeah. and it's a refreshing sort of different. I hope that's so. Well, I've, I I had someone say to me, "It's just like turn up the night, right?" And I'm like, "No, <gasps> no, it's not." What? I, I don't. They think said so. that. Yeah. Okay. Somebody you said know that what? To me. Did you need me to punch them? <laughs> I love. I love how you're going to do violence for me. <laughs> no, you're not. She lives in another state. She's not going to do violence for me. Don't throw you have us no off. idea. I'll take care of it. <laughs> well, she lives close to you. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, see. And so next week, our other sister will be back. I hope so. If not, we'll think yeah. of we'll think of some topics. And but I'm gonna. It, does anybody have anything final they want to say? Any um, exciting? Any anything to sum stuff up? Or we already did that. I got one thing to say. Yes. One thing, and I'm done. Sarah Sanders needs to resign. <laughs> It'll probably happen. Do you think it'll happen? She's in my bag of... She's in my bag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Kat? Smash the patriarchy. Yay! Smash. Yay! Snap like this. And good night. Resistor Sisters. Destroying the patriarchy one podcast at a time.